Hey, Jim. Hey, DL. <laughs> Happy Sunday. I love Sunday. <laughs> because of the sun in your yeah, eyes? <laughs> because of that. And because I feel like it's a day that we're most almost always together. We are usually together and on I Sundays. And I do my best not to be so have to be somewhere else. Yeah. As we prepare to go somewhere else today. <laughs> we'll, we'll be together. <laughs> we will be together somewhere else. <laughs> Sundays feel special somehow. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. But we're going to spend some part of that Sunday talking to each other for other people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> which, with, which still feels good in our Sunday. So with that. The spirit of Sunday. Yeah, we've started to get requests from our, our listeners. And what is our podcast that we're Oh, <laughs> the Intimacy Cadre Podcast. With Jim and DL. Yeah, we've been getting suggestions from our listeners. Hey, can you guys talk about this topic or that topic? And I feel and we feel, can I use we in that sentence? Sure. That that would be a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. We want to talk about what people want to hear and listen yeah, to. Yeah, we're all about pleasing the people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, though. Like, if we we don't just have conversations with ourselves, we, we, we wouldn't <laughs> podcast if we weren't interested in connecting and things that matter to people. So uh-huh. when the people come back and say, this matters to me, could you talk about mm-hmm. these things? Of course, we're interested in doing that. And how cool is it that people actually come to us with like, hey, can you talk about this X, Y, and Z? <laughs> yeah. It means we, what we're saying resonates in some way. Yeah. Even though or at least it's provocative. Provocative, right. Mm-hmm. True. A provocative thing is something somebody says, it may, may or may not agree with, but it gets you thinking yeah. Yeah. and going. And yeah. that's in its own value. I love provocative things even more than agreeing with stuff yeah. sometimes. I know you do. Sometimes things I agree with provoke me, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm always like, well, what's the next level of that? So mm-hmm. that was our sort of our morning this morning, listening to the thing that inspired us from the listener suggestion. The listener suggestion that suggested that we listen to this podcast and then talk about it. Okay. So what was it? What was what? Yeah. Well, it was a Zach Bush podcast. Yes. Where he was... It wasn't his, like a million people want to interview Zach Bush. This was just one. Okay, there are people, believe it or not, who don't know who Zach Bush (laughs) is. So who is Zach Bush? Why were we listening to him? Uh, Gosh, I don't have my notes ready to have a full (laughs) Zach Bush How would you describe Zach Bush? Uh, He's just, he's one of my brain crushes where he speaks out about regenerative agriculture and and what we've done to the planet or what we can stop doing and how we can how we can heal mm-hmm. the, the choices that we've made as far as farming and ag- agriculture and western medicine and all the all the thing the system that he was a part of for so long approaching the 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 like a war mentality oh you have cancer let's kill it oh you have bugs let's kill it rather than seeing whatever it is as a whole I don't whole, know that whole is a good word yeah. when describing Zach. Yeah. He's into a holistic approach and he was rejecting what he saw was not a holistic approach, beginning with medicine and yeah. then applying to all these other things. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this guy who's really brainy and smart and has been in the medical field for so long and, and various different specialties and ha- brings this beautiful perspective of like, oh, 
this is what I learned through that experience. This is how I see it now. This is what, how I feel like I fucked up or did my patients wrong. And this is how I would do it now or am doing it now. And in the episode we listened to, he does some of that. He's mm-hmm. talking about cancer and how it appeared and all that stuff. But yeah. what really interested us is he started talking about his two successful relationships that ended in divorce, yeah, yeah. which was part of the success in his telling of it. Right, right. <laughs> and I also want to say that it's hard to summarize Zach Bush because yes. he's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> But we're not going to talk about that podcast so much as we're going to talk about the inspiration. What it brought up in us. One one of the things he brought up, for instance, is how a lot of relationships are codependent Mm -hmm. and how people are seeking uh, completion in the other person. Um, I think that might be a good place to start. Yeah, okay. As an intimacy topic. Mm -hmm. Because one, one thing that came up for me when we were starting to talk about our weekend workshop. Do I give the announcement now? Um, our weekend workshop <laughs> in May over at Boulder Hot Springs. Boulder, Montana. May, May 5th, 5th through the 7th. IntimacyCadre.org. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to come up there, but it did. <laughs> was when we mentioned we were doing an intimacy workshop, the woman said, well, do you know the founder of this? We're a little concerned about it. Did all her work about addictions. And one of her books was escape from intimacy Mm -hmm. basically the idea that people in this telling of the word intimacy become addicted to falling in love seeking completion in the other person as Mm -hmm. well how i took it to be and zach in this podcast began with that or well it's long into the podcast but when he started talking hours in relationships (laughs) (laughs) was about um was about finding completeness in the other mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about that idea do you think love is by about finding complete, at least romantic love about finding completeness in the other or is there a different view that you have of that <laughs> i need more time to think about that one because what i what my mind initially zooms to is like human design and how we all have these different channels in our human design Mm -hmm. chart or whatever you would call it. Is that what you call it? I think that's what you call it. And being with certain people activates certain things in us because we might have a partial channel and they might have the other half of it. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm explaining that correctly. So in certain aspects of our life, we feel more completed in certain parts of ourselves in the presence of another person. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in a partnership. It could be you go to a coffee shop to, to write because in that coffee shop are dozens of other people that might have these other half channels that complete this channel that you may need for creativity or creative writing or whatever. So I think that's a loaded question for me because I see it from different angles. So there's a sense there are things for perhaps that you do well, that I do well, and I may not do some of the things that you do well, but they fit into things that are that interest me. For mm-hmm. instance, I like to do intimacy workshops. <laughs> But I'm not very good at selling those intimacy <laughs> workshops or getting people yeah, involved. Yeah, so, You're really good at that. Right. So to be able to do the things I really want to do, it's helpful for me to have a partner who can do a few of the things I don't do well. And in that sense, I get I get a completion of myself through you. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it yeah. could be 
um, I need you to be able to do the things I, I want to do. I need you to build the website. <laughs> <laughs> or to crystallize a thought in a short moment. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. That doesn't feel like codependency, though. Uh-huh. That's a, that feels like complimentary, does okay. it not? Yeah, it does. So what, okay. so what, would, um, what would be an unhealthy way for you of finding completeness in the other person? I don't know. I don't know if that's a part of my personality, is it? Like, I don't know if I... You know, you've never sought someone else to no. make you feel good about yourself. No. So I think what he's getting at, or and what I would agree with, is that we don't want to feel like we are inadequate in ourselves and need to find... Uh, we don't feel fully loved. We don't feel fully um, good in who we are unless someone is validating that for us. Mm. Well, sure. It feels nice to feel... to be validated. To be noticed. To be noticed. <laughs> For sure, it yeah. does. But and if you find you need that and you're getting that from your partner, if you feel like you are unhappy in yourself and to feel like to feel whole as a person and who you are and to feel loved, you need to feel that love from someone else because mm. you're so alone. If you don't feel that self-love, that and that becomes codependency. You need that to get from somewhere else, something that you probably can generate within yourself. Um, why you can't generate it for yourself, that's, that's a whole longer discussion and worth having because I think that's all about self-intimacy and self-intimacy mm. is a topic. Yeah. The question is um, that there seem to be ways that we want other people in our lives for various things we want for our lives. Mm-hmm. Want, maybe need, if they're like a real hunger, like where is that line? And at the same time, we don't want to depend on someone else for our happiness. Like if we were no longer in relationship, it would be horrible to say you could never be happy again or I could never be happy again or I would have to find someone else or I'm going to be alone my whole life. Mm. That feels a little sad, Um not conducive to healthy intimacy, leading to power dynamics, leading to what uh, he was criticizing in the podcast over marriage, over contracts of control over the other person because of this need we have to stay bound because we don't feel complete in ourselves. And yet there are things we clearly want that we don't have. You know, we're attracted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm attracted to women. You're attracted to men. Other people are attracted to other people who are not themselves, whatever gender they are. There's things that they can't get from just touching themselves, for instance, sexually, or can't get, for instance, of making intimacy workshops. Um, and that does feel different, right? Yeah. People have always thrown around that codependency thing, and I feel like I've never totally understood it because I don't know that it's... Mm-hmm. Do you see those qualities in me ever? No. I think I'm maybe sexually a little codependent. That <laughs> 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 I've just realized like relatively recently. I'm like, oh fuck, like I don't I wanna be more dependent on myself for my pleasure. And, However, it's just more fun with you. And there's no human alive who's able to not have some social contact. It seems to be part of our nature to actually have a need. For some connection socially. <laughs> yeah. Does that make us codependent because we are dependent on everybody's dependent? I guess technically we're codependent at a level. So what is it to be um, 
so so what's interesting to me is like once you recognize that once you realize oh my love for you also involves these wants with you another idea you brought up was this idea of unconditional love mm-hmm. and just being in a state of love as opposed to like doing love and it's like well you know i get where that comes from it gets from a place of not wanting to be codependent to be feeling whole in yourself but the truth is there are things you want from your life there are things you want to do there are things you can't fully do on your own and i think that's when we start specifying the people we want in our lives versus the people we don't want in our lives the people we want to have as romantic partners versus those we don't the degree we want certain friends in our lives versus the degree we don't, we start making choices because there are certain things we want to do together. And it doesn't mean you're saying to be my friend, you have to be able to do this, this, or this. It's just naturally arises out of what your individual drive is. And sometimes those things align and sometimes those things don't. Are you talking about the conditional piece? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because until our conversation this morning, I always thought of unconditional love as something that was not really romantic. It was more mother and child or mm-hmm. <laughs> animal and person. Like there's, for some reason I hadn't thought about the word condition within unconditional mm-hmm. love and how that plays into the equation. And my mom was telling me a story not too long ago, the last time I saw her about this, my great grandfather who she took care of on his in his last days he lived with us for a few months when he was dying and she was with him and how she told me he was the only person in her life that where that she had felt unconditional love from and that just feels like this love that doesn't have there's a condition in that in the case of no matter what she did he he was gonna love her. her yeah whereas coming from her family or her mom especially like there it wasn't that Uh and so she had never experienced that growing up until she was deep into her 20s 30s i wonder if we can have that kind of love and yet still say hey i don't want to be an intimate relationship with you for instance yeah i love you purely as you are but we aren't aligning we aren't seeing each other we're not, we're, my wants aren't like, being met. Like if you're already in a romantic relationship uh-huh. and then still loving that person, but then realizing you're not in alignment anymore. We're not in alignment anymore. So mm-hmm. maybe but the yeah. love can be unconditional in the sense that you don't have, you can't do anything to take that love away. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything. I wouldn't do anything because I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we're not doing the things we need to do to be actually intimate with each other in the ways we want to be mm-hmm. and be okay with that see that divorce as a success for instance yeah or the the conscious uncoupling or that whole that whole thing of (laughs) Mm -hmm. consciously both people recognizing that yeah there's still love there and they're moving in different directions of course all of that would be to suggest love's not enough for romantic intimacy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you could still love people and not want to be physically intimate with them not just physically we're talking about all kinds of ways of being intimate yeah like in a romantic relationship Uh or any it could be i can imagine that happens between friends too Mm -hmm. or there are clearly cases where 
children and parents don't want to have much to do with each other anymore. Yeah, yeah. But you wonder if that love is still there. I can't imagine not loving my kids uh-huh. unconditionally forever. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there are families that don't feel that way. In part, I suggested because something horrible has happened yeah. in that family. Yeah. Like you can't imagine it, in part because you couldn't imagine, say, your child becoming Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That would be a test, though, right? Yeah. Can I still have my <laughs> yeah. child? <laughs> oh, man. Probably you would. I imagine you probably would find a way to still love your child and see and not tie that. And at the same time, you'd have to probably resist all the things your child was about. Mm. There's this movie, this is a total random thought that came in, and I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was this woman who she was in prison. Don't remember for what. It was some foreign flick. So good. But she, every day, this man came and raped and punished her in her prison cell. Years later, she realized, because she had been separated from her children at an early age. She was in prison for a long time. Years later, she realized that the person who was coming to her cell every day to to punish, beat, and rape her was the, her son. Oh, my gosh. I know. So she ended up writing these two. When she had this realization, she wrote these two later, these two letters. One was to the, the man who was doing these horrible things to her and how she felt about, about all of that. And one was to her son, who was the same person. Mm-hmm. And, and how much love she still had for this, mm. this person that she had had so much pain of separation from and mm-hmm. had been looking for mm-hmm. and couldn't see for all these years. Wow. I know. <laughs> all of this suggests is how messy everything is. Everything's messy. We can talk in a pure state of love and try to be there. And I think that's beautiful. And worth going for and recognizing the love worthiness of everybody and everything. And at the same time, recognizing the finite decisions as embodied people we have to make about who to let in, how to let them in, how complicated it is, how many gray areas there are when your own child who you still love is also your sexual abuser. Yeah. It's uh, raises all kinds of interesting questions. So I think you can say, get divorced, break up with someone, mm-hmm. still love them, mm-hmm. still question whether you love them. You can do all of these things and still not need someone to complete you at the same time. Yeah. You can still find this pure place where you're, you are enough in yourself mm-hmm. through your own self-intimate see practice. Realize you are the universe. You are uh, a shining light, a beautiful everything all in your own and yet they'll say hey that one over there looks really nice i would like to get with it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and man i don't know if it likes me and i don't know and and still get involved with the mess of it mm-hmm. and and wrecking and be okay in that be yeah. okay in both places be okay in the pure place and be okay in the messy place i wonder what what and what happened and when it happened that we as humans decided that we weren't enough. I don't know. Because I think that that 
also ties into why there's addiction and there's like this empty, there's this place that we're filling. I, I feel like that's as old a story as whenever everyone does their Genesis story, like in the book of Genesis, it's a story like that, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what the heck happened. What happened? What happened Can you to imagine? People? What the fuck? What, in fact, in Genesis, I would argue it is them saying, hey, I'm, I'm not enough. I need to hide. Mm. <laughs> like in just that story alone and there's all these other creation stories that i don't even know about that i think they're often trying to get it get at that hmm. that there's some whatever the fall is could be just a fall of not i did something bad but what at what moment did i think of myself as otherwise as as separate and mm-hmm. as not enough mm. feels like that's a common theme common theme you could add broken to that list too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whoa and people are constantly still in that yeah. place of of and we're not helped at all by our culture by our no. love songs by disney no. by any of it <laughs> right <laughs> where we find where these love stories are kind of sick mm-hmm. they're sick love yeah. stories yeah but there's still something in them that we resonate with that feels healthy to me this desire for the romance and the love and the dreaminess and to be with someone and to see them as your special special someone the the finiteness of it is also beautiful it's just it dominates we forget that we don't really need prince charming we don't need someone to kiss us and turn us from a frog into a prince or whatever goes on or from a princess to an ogre yeah Whatever, yeah, you can change the motif, and it's still it's quite it's a step forward, but it's still it's still in some ways uh, you need someone to do that for mm-hmm, you, right? Yeah, yeah. So that like our culture enables the continuation of this pattern within us. So the wanting to be seen is so natural. The wanting to see someone else so natural, and I feel so healthy. The absolute falling apart when you're not seen. <laughs> Zoe, you're Zoe. seen. You're seen, Zoe. We see you. <laughs> She's saying, time's up. <laughs> yo, 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 Jim and DL, it's been 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could definitely go on. And on, on and on, on and on. This is a massive topic. And Big, huge Group topic. of topics, yeah. <laughs> we might have to have one part one and two and Three up or to four. 50. Yeah. yeah. We'll revisit it. So let us know what you thought, especially if you're... Aware. I don't remember what that podcast was called. We can question? put it, in, can the put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah. yeah, we'll send it to you. Um, he's not paying attention to us. He doesn't pay attention to social media. So, <laughs> yeah. I wait. I heard this one time. I don't know if this is true that you have to sub- you have to follow or subscribe, whatever the word is for pot. Is it follow for podcast? Whatever. In order to get the show notes, is that true? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> you might not get it. You might get it. <laughs> mm. Okay, bye everybody. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening.